Uh, so, guys, uh, we had yet another my child being scary and dark moment. Okay. You know, it Rob, you know, it takes a very special person to take care of others, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be caring and empathetic and all that stuff. Yeah, you do it well, but most people. Um, so my child did his uh, first aid training. His first aid training this week. Oh God! And they they do general first aid training, but they also talked about some of like the major things you can help someone with. And one of them is um, if someone's choking, things like that. And then they of course did the thing like like what if you're what if you're choking and there's no one around? So they of course do the thing where they ask the kids, and the kids are like, "Well, you go to a neighbor's house. Like, well, what if there's no neighbors around? Or what if this?" <laughs> Yeah, what if you form a circle of can't find anybody, you can't call right. anybody. Yeah. So my kid in the front of like an entire room full of people is like, well, then you have to accept <laughs> death. <laughs> <laughs> I love your kid. <laughs> At which point me and my wife are like, wow, that's pretty dark. Whose parents, who, who does that kid belong to? That's horrible. We're going to leave. <laughs> Come on, my God, that is so good. <laughs> Everyone well, whipped their heads around and looked at us. Death. Oh my God! Oh my God! Here we are. I, uh, I still, I still laugh about his circle of blood thing. Oh my God! It keeps oh the demons God, out. Amazing. As the camp counselor looks at looks up at us with like one eye slightly bigger <laughs> than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Omar, what are we doing here? Uh what are we doing? We are yeah. listening to uh well some people are listening to the Gimme Five podcast. Uh this is episode two six nine. Oh yeah, nice. yeah. I, exactly. I didn't say sixty nine. Wink wink on purpose. Yeah, you guess. <laughs> it's brought to you by the Gimme Five patrons. Who are Love them. fucking amazing. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast, a semi-entertaining show, mostly about entertaining things, although sometimes those things piss us off, Rob. Um, we are going to talk about pop culture stuff. I think we have a lot of movies and TV shows this week. I don't think we have any mu- music or books. Um, there's, a, there's actually a good amount of stuff on here. Um, if you are an American gladiator like myself, uh, then you would know that I am Blaze. And I'm joined by Gemini. What's up? And Laser. Pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. That's How totally that a thing an American, American Gladiator would do. Right? Pew pew. <laughs> that was so intimidating. <laughs> I was really trying to think of some way to like talk about like launching tennis balls at people from that big cannon, but. I'm very surprised that you figured out that that was uh, American. Oh, the second I saw it, I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Um, This week, uh, what are we talking about? The Menu, uh, Blackbird, The Pale Blue Eye, Kaleidoscope, and Glass Onion. Um, I'm going to just come out right right away and say I didn't see those. I was going to do Jack Ryan, but all these got up up ahead of me. So next week, we're going to do Jack Ryan because I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, but will we be spoiling anything, Greg? Uh, we're going to have Rob talk about that. Cause when you said we're going to talk about the menu, it occurred to me that I didn't do any notes on that. Yeah. So, Rob. Well, maybe we could do Jack Ryan and notes. save the menu. Well, I'm not ready with Jack Ryan either. Just jump on the menu and so, Rob oh can God. talk about spoilers. Well, this, this is kind of a review show. We're kind of failing in that setup already, but you know, there, there might be some spoilers where yeah. Screw it. There's going to be spoilers. We'll talk about some stuff. We'll try to avoid major twists, but, you know, if we are talking about something that you haven't seen yet, you might want to just kind of put us on pause and go peruse what it is you want to see, and then come back and talk. <laughs> um, There's a lot of nope. What's the deal with nope? 
So much nope. That's the canceling card in Exploding Kittens. What? Jump rope of nope. Oh. Hope of nope. Exploding Kittens. Okay, is that something I have to look up? Am I behind the times? What's going on? It's a card game. Oh, I did not know that. Ah. Okay. So I'm seeing here that there's some news about nope. I assume it's the movie, which I've still not seen. No, no. That's... No? <laughs> that's saying that there is no news. And there is no Florida Oh, I news. thought we were talking about, like, the movie Nope. No. Oh, that's a bummer. Because I want to see that movie. Okay. We got... It was okay. We even reviewed it. I know we did, one. but I thought maybe it won some awards or something. Nope. Oh, I see what you did there. That's really clever. Really good. I like that. I just wanted to. Yeah, that's really good. Um, well... But if you'd like to get in on our on our discussions beforehand, we do have a Patreon where just for $5 a month, you can get invited into our Discord chat where we do talk about all of this stuff. And we have conversations with our with our paid patrons and you get early access to the to movies we'll be reviewing. You get early access to top five lists. You do get a birthday episode. Um where you pick the movie and you get a custom top five list about yourself. Mm. We do have higher range where you get access to show notes and you could even come on and curate an episode with us. Just go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast. And remember that's F-I-V-E, not the number five. Well done, Sydney. That was good. What do we want to go with first? No, there's so much. I, I'm kind of... And I'm excited about talking about all of it. I'm too. kind of excited mm-hmm. about the pale blue eye, but I feel like I don't know. Greg, why don't you hit us up with Blackbird? Yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm hit you up with Blackbird. Blackbird actually came out July 8th. Really? Um, it is one of yeah. I don't know how I missed this thing. Uh, came out July 8th. It is on Apple TV. Um, I sh- I think because I just heard the title, and the title was in reference to the death of Ray Liotta, because this is, I believe, one of his last roles, if not his last role. Oh. Oh. Um, Blackbird is a true story, and this is – I find this really interesting. It's uh, it's very good. The only reason I knew it existed was because I was watching the Golden Globes. Uh, as I said before we hit record, by the way, uh, patron and listener Alec, who was on our year-end episode, totally nailed it with some of his lists and some of the best movies of the year. They, like – all those movies and actors from those movies like swept the Golden Globes. Smarter than we are, but so it doesn't. Well, yeah, that's true. We know this, but you know, we're lucky <laughs> we to have are. him. Uh, so anyway, the uh, Blackbird, the guy that played the serial killer, won the the award for it, and he was up there, and he was super cool, and he was like, you could tell he was like slightly awkward up there, and he was like, and I was in a movie with Ray Liotta. Come on, Ray Liotta, man, stand up. Come on, stand up for Ray Liotta. Come on, like because. It was just, it was cool. It was very, very humble. He uses, he used his podium to thank someone who has passed away cool. recently. A couple interesting things. Blackbird is a true story. As a result, there are things that are awkward in the movie. And you're like, well, that's weird. Why would they go that route? You know, like, wow, that's too much of a coincidence. And then you look and it's like the executives that made the thing were like, well, that's too much of a quick coincidence. Can we keep that in there? But it actually was true. Hmm. Like, a lot of the weird stuff that happens and it's not, I'm, it's not really weird, but like, um, well, I'll, I'll explain it in a moment. So, uh, the store, the actual script was written by Dennis Lehane, um, who now this is a true story. Most of Dennis Lehane stuff is not, but he wrote mystic river, uh, gone baby gone shutter Island. So that kind of stuff. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Dennis Lehane actually had to be convinced to do it. Cause he actually does not like writing. He doesn't like writing about two things. He doesn't like writing about prisons he doesn't like writing about serial killers. And this is a show about a serial killer in a prison. So, <laughs> because he, was, he didn't. That's funny. His, yeah, so he, he doesn't, he just doesn't find that as, as compelling as, you know, some of the other stuff he's done. But anyway, um, so it's a true story. Uh, the synopsis is Jimmy Keene is sentenced to 10 years in a minimum security prison. Uh, then he cuts a deal with the FBI to befriend a, sus- a suspected serial killer. Um, Keen has to elicit a confession from Larry Hall to find the boot the, the booties. Whoops, that was dark. To find the bodies so of as many of as I'm always women. looking for the booties. Oh, <laughs> yes. And it's just that. That's so in mad. this case. So wrong. 
Um, so, uh, the act, the people in this, uh, J- the guy that is like the main character is is uh, James Keen. He's played by Taron Egerton, British actor. Of course, you probably know him from Kingsman, and uh, as we said before, he played Elton John. Um, also, the a lot of times insane. when I, yep, um, a lot of times when a British actor plays an American person, especially an American from like an area that has like kind of a known accent, like like Boston or Illinois or you know, like where there's a slight change in the accent, um, you can tell. Uh, he nailed it. He's phenomenal in this. Um, Paul Walter Hauser is the guy that won the award. He plays uh, Larry Hall, who's the serial killer. Um, Greg Kinnear is in this as um, basically a, a cop. I, I think he's the cop that is leading I think he's one of the cops that's leading the um because there's a few different police people in this he's like leading the, the trying to get this serial killer to reveal more deaths uh Ray Liotta plays the guy's dad not the serial killer but the the other guy um big Jim Keen who is a former cop and um yeah so there's that uh so basically this guy is like all American looking dude, um, the main character. He is a football player, and his you know, parents are kind of working class, and so he ends up going. But because he's a football player, he goes to like a wealthy school. You don't see this. This is like the true story. He goes to this really wealthy school, and he can't keep up. But he finds a hookup where he can smell. He can smell. He can sell a little bit of drugs to these rich kids, who buy the drugs, and by the end of school. He can either go to college and get a um, scholar, go to college, get a scholarship, and play football, uh, or he's already making millions selling cocaine to people. So he kind of becomes a cocaine distributor in the Chicago, Illinois, kind of Chicago, Indiana, Illinois area, like a um, local kingpin kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing over the top violent. When things start getting violent, is when he realizes, oh shit, I've kind of bit off more than I can chew, and ends up getting arrested and put in jail. Um, they reach out to him to do this thing, and he's like, no, hell no. Um, they really play off the part that he's kind of selfish and just getting by on his good looks and doesn't give a shit out of anyone. Um, and this is all from him, too, because he wrote the book, and he was like, yeah, I was a piece of shit. Um, so they get him to do this thing because his father, who in real life had a stroke, like right when they're like, you know, you're going to be in jail for 10 years. And his father had a stroke and didn't have much time to live. So and it was like right when they asked him to do it. So it's like one of those things. It's like, oh, that's a coincidence. But it actually happened. Like that's one of the big coincidences that was real. Interesting. Now the question um, is, did they ask him because his father had a stroke or did it just – No, it he had said no and then it went for a little – and then there's like several months passed and then the, and then the father had the stroke. Um, and then you, yeah. 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 That makes and – it's really interesting because they do a whole thing where they're like saying, well, like you need to apply for this job. There's you waited so long. You need to apply for this job, but they are actually trying to train him how to do it. Um, and it's, so it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting the way they do it. Um, so they basically send him to go and talk to this guy. Now, Larry Hall, I'm not, I, you're, you'll probably know the name of this better, but he is, um, he is a twin and his twin brother basically did that thing where they, the twin brother got more of the blood from the the amniotic fluid. Oh, okay. So he is slow and not super bright. Um, the dad, I believe alcoholic, and the dad used to be like, well, you know, your other brother is the, the smart one, so he would take this poor kid, who eventually became a serial killer, uh, and make, like, this is all real, would make him dig up bodies in a graveyard to steal stuff from them. And oh, that's would, like, fucking wild. Would, yeah. When like, so he was already kind of messed up in general, um, and so they send him in to talk to this. They're trying to figure out because this girl disappears, and they know that he did it. He said that he did it, but then he also at the same time was like, "Oh, I also killed this person." But the police already had the person that killed, like they knew dead to rights that someone else did this, and they're like, "Okay, is he just?" saying that he did a bunch of stuff because he needs the because he wants attention and he thought it was great because like as soon as he said it they're like oh wait so the police already knew that it wasn't him he they knew that he did one but he also admitted to killing someone else who he did he did not kill 
so they don't and this happens a lot actually because there are some people that are if they're mentally challenged and they kill someone all of a sudden they get the attention because the police are oh. at, the, at the point that they admit something the police are all of a sudden like oh oh that's really glad that you came and told us that well tell us what else would you, would you like some steak like it's real that's what they do right. so then of course the people right. are like well i'm already screwed so uh let's see what else i can get interesting so, okay so it'll be like you know i because remember, if you're at the point where you're a historical, you're already not entirely right in the head. Correct. And then the cops also get to say, like, oh, look who we caught. Yeah, exactly. So the basically that's why they send him in because they're like, okay, we know that he did this one. We know that he didn't do this other one. But now all of a sudden the defense is like, well, he said he did that one, but he also said he did this one. And that person's already in jail. You know, that kind of thing. So they're trying to they're trying to find where these all these other bodies are. Um, they kind of they figure out that. Um, the guy is like these giant mutton chops. Um, he uh, They're yeah, actually called Burnsides, sides, apparently. Everyone calls them sideburns, but apparently they're really supposed to be called Burnsides. Well, because it was named after a dude named Burnside. Yeah, yeah. So he has this, and like that's what he really looked like. Um, and he basically is uh, – they find out that he has them because he goes around to um, Civil War reenactments and Revolutionary War reenactments. And they're starting to pair up. I'm like, wow, this – young girl disappeared right around the time of this civil war reenactment and this gray van was seen there and he drove a gray van and he was at that reenactment so that's how they kind of started to put things together in real life interesting um anyway long long story short it's it's been it's very well acted the um one of the re- i think one of the really interesting parts it oh, treats the the victims with a huge amount of respect um I'm sure you've seen, you know, you've seen those like crime movies um, where they do the thing where like you see they find the body. They don't really show the body, but then you see the person alive kind of like just walking down the street or just going off into the distance. Um, and they do that thing where like they, they make the, su- the sky look really bright orange or really like all the colors right. are super, super vivid, like in Gone Girl and um, the lovely bones. I think they do that in like they can make yeah. the real world look heavenly when they find the body. So they kind of do that with this um this girl riding riding off down this like cornfield in her bike just beautifully shot um and they treat everyone with a lot of respect which i liked but one of the really interesting things was is so he gets brought, sent to this fairly bad prison for the criminally insane with this like cover story and the and there's going to be some spoilers coming up we've warned you on this one you have been warned yeah. yes uh and there's a an actual like mob boss there and the and there's various people that are like kind of not so sure about this guy, and one of the officers is a dirty cop and is like, like, look, I know there's one thing I know about drug dealers is they always have money hidden somewhere. They just do their time, they get out, and they've got all this money to spend. And he's like, I want the money, and if you don't give it to me, because he thinks he's in, he thinks the guy is in there to try to find out stuff on the mob boss. Oh, he's totally off by what for the reason that he's there. Yeah. And he's like, you know, the mob boss doesn't like a rat. So he kind of like, he's like, I can, it'd be a shame if he was to find out about you. So there's little things like that that it make, that are interesting. Now it's, it does end kind of abruptly. Um, I think it's five episodes, maybe six episodes. Um, and this is where the spoilers come in because, so he's forced to become friends with this guy. and He does open, get this guy to open up um, the serial killer does this kind of weird thing where he'll like start talking about stuff and then he'll like just kind of stop and look off like <laughs> like you know in a movie if someone is like the acting someone will do if they're like peeing and they're peeing their pants or whatever they'll kind of stop and just look off like at one angle off of this like he'll, do <laughs> like he'll be talking about like um girls with this guy because theoretically he doesn't know because he's kind of a doofus he doesn't know what like what it's like to be with a girl so this other guy obviously does because he's good looking and whatever and he's like it's like is it true that girls get wet just such a weird thing to say on a podcast but, right right and then the guy be like, well yeah and then like he gets this like look on his face where he's kind of looking off in the distance and then like i watched a real life interview with the dude and like it was exactly the way that guy really talked so, anyway, oh that's he, wild yeah so he uh does all the stuff and so he's forced to like be with this guy and the guy is like saying all this like slowly revealing all this horrible stuff that he did to these younger girls and then at one point he's talking about again spoilers uh, he's talking about when he was forced to go in these graves. It was always interesting because his there was always these like falcons and birds in the trees above the graves, and his dad would tell him that oh, the bodies are safe because these falcons look over them. 
And interesting. At one point, he goes in the guy's cell, and this guy has has a map with like certain points, like on the map, like pinned off, and little wooden falcons placed on them. And it's when and that's when he realizes, oh, this person has killed way more. And and that's all real, one hundred percent. So he realizes that, and it makes him so it makes the main character snap, and he breaks cover, and he's like, "You piece of shit." And so he and he contacts the FBI to be like, "Look, I got him. I know where the bodies are. Whatever." The FBI never gets the message, so when the guy snaps and goes off on him, the main character gets stuck in the hole for two weeks. When he gets out of the hole, the map is gone. So they still oh, never. Shit. So they've still never found the bodies, and they never found the map either. So like, either flushed it or did whatever. So like, it's so the part of it is all about this guy getting past his own ego, and being like, "Okay, cool, I got you to confess. I'm getting the fuck out of here. FBI, come on!" And the FBI never gets the message, and he ends That's up crazy. and they have, and they have no idea why he got thrown in the hole either because he he gets thrown in there for like two weeks, and that's kind of how it culminates. It's like it's well, abrupt, but it's like. Oh shit! Wait a second. What do you mean they don't know why he got thrown in the hole? Why they, can't he just say why he got thrown in? They didn't. They like he never he never found out. It was just that is probably just that dirty cop. Oh, so he oh he doesn't even know like what the actual reasoning was for throwing yeah, him in. They just, all he knows is that he was screaming at the dude, and then someone and then they're like, "Okay, you're going into solitary." Oh, that's so wild. it's really good. I know I talked way too much about it, but it's it's very very well done. Um, it was one of those. Well, I'll just watch one episode tonight, and then, you know, five episodes. It's six a.m. and you're still watching. Six, six hours later, I'm like, you know, digging a grave somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I don't know. I find it difficult to watch like true crime stuff. I, I uh, could just knowing that like these like people were murdered, and it was like this really so this and, really focuses more on the psychology behind the conversations that they have. Yeah, no, I get um, it. I know. I just I don't know. It's like, interesting, but it's difficult. Yeah, and every and like everything they see of the the victim is alive for the most part. <sighs> hmm. Oh, and Ray Liotta is also great in it. Um, Semi ironically, he does he plays as someone who is a stroke victim and is you know like it, there's a problems there. That's actually how why they think that he's a mafia informant because the dad had a stroke and forgets that the son's undercover and just shows up at the prison on like a random day. That's not visiting day. And because uh, his dad is a cop, they let him do it. And it's like, so the one person that's randomly in this prison that doesn't have the the cover story, all of a sudden gets a visitor on the day. You're not supposed to get visitors, you know? Right. Right. So it looks also, bad again. Also true. So it's, it's good. Um, see it, especially if you like Taron Edgerton and, um, I don't know, murdering people. Yes. Okay. So, okay. Well, I've talked too much, so uh, sorry. Okay. Fair enough. It's all right. It's good. It sounds really good. I mean, it sounds interesting. So let, let, can we go to the pale blue eye? Which I pale blue talking. eye. All right then. Um, what do we have? Ooh, Christian. It's the, fir- Bale. it's the first one on the list, I think. It's all the way at the top. I thought Christian Bale was Edgar Allan Poe, like just from the. Oh yeah, no. It's from seeing that, like I thought he played Edgar Allan Poe. Did, so did anybody else see this, or was it just? I no. am. I'm halfway through. I'm. So I'm, I'm at like I'm an hour in. All right. The, the so you're not even halfway through because it's like two two and a half hours. It's like two hours and ten minutes or something like that. Um, it's... the movie The Pale Blue Eye was released on January sixth, twenty twenty three. It's directed by Scott Cooper. It is on uh, Netflix, correct? Yeah, Netflix. And it does star Christian Bale, uh, Harry Melling, whom we all probably know as Dudley Dursley. Yes. He plays uh, Harry's uh, uh, overweight uh, cousin. We've also got Simon McBurney, Timothy Spall. Anybody know who Timothy Spall is? No. Another Harry Potter actor. Oh, there's a lot of Harry Potter actors in this, actually. He was uh, Peter Pettigrew, the Scabbers the Rat. Yep. Oh no, shit. Yeah. He's the the judge, right? Or the he's the superintendent. That's yeah, yeah. 
Um, we've also got uh, Toby Jones, Harry Lottie, Fred Hetchinger, uh, Joey Brooks, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Lucy Boynton, Robert Duvall, and Julian Anderson, nice. who I did not recognize at all. Ooh, nice. Actually, I'm going to say I didn't even recognize Robert Duvall. I got to meet him in person once. He was amazing. Nice. Somewhere Robert Duvall's on a podcast being like, I met this dude Omar once. What a dipshit. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he was like, I met this dude Omar. That's when I realized I like men. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> That's when it started for Hi, me. Hi, Robert. <laughs> no, he was cool. He was like super cool. Anyway, sorry. That's all right. Um, the basic synopsis is a world-weary detective is hired to investigate the murder of a West Point cadet. Uh, stymied by the cadet's code of silence, he enlists one of their own to help unravel the case. A young man the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. So is this like any sort of true story? Um, I don't, I don't know that it is a true story, but from the get-go, uh, the first thing that I noticed about this is that the acting is absolutely superb. Would you agree with that, Greg, from what you've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, that usually happens whenever um, Christian Bale is involved in stuff because he yeah. kind of, he definitely expects a lot from the people in the right. thing. Well, I mean, because ba- yeah, he'll, he'll punch you to death if you're not acting yeah. well. Actually uh, true. Christian Bale is mesmerizing in this movie, but... It's in his for, contract. But for me... allowed to punch someone to death. <laughs> the, the star of this movie is uh, Melling. As uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Harry okay. Melling. I love just... That. Like he, the introduction where he's sitting with the candles and stuff. Like, just, yeah. He was he great. He is just straight up amazing in this movie. I mean, I have no idea what Edgar Allan Poe was actually like, you know, what his mannerisms were. But by God, I, I, I don't know why, but this is exactly how I would picture him. Um, The way he delivers his lines, his speech patterns, uh, what what is that? The the pentameter? Is, is that right? The The... The pattern with which he speaks, um, the the rhythm, or even sometimes the anti rhythm, is just engrossing. I mean, oh, that's interesting. It 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 does, but it doesn't really end there. I mean, the the story sucks you right in. Uh, the two leads, uh, being Bale and Melling, just drive the story along, and you know they've got some they've got some well acted help from the supporting cast, but I mean, there's there's a lot of intrigue. There's conflicts. There's a twist, which you know I'll admit I didn't see coming. It was it was just very well done, and I I mean I can't I can't recommend this movie high highly. I mean I I really enjoyed this. The um, what one of the one of the better acted things that I've that I've come across in a while, and I, I really enjoyed the performance. What do you have to say about it, Greg? I, I'm trying not this to is, spoil too much because I know you haven't yeah. finished it yet, and there is a twist that I don't want to ruin. Um, it's really, really good. It's exactly what I was looking for when I like, you know, you sit down, and you're like, "Hey, what am I going to watch tonight?" And then you sit, you're like, eh, "I'm not in the mood for a big sci-fi thing. I'm not in the mood for anything too true, you know, that kind of thing." And I saw this, and I'm like, and I, I saw the little trailer thing. I'm like, "That's wait, is that?" Christian Bale, and then it, yeah, it. I very much have enjoyed what I've seen so far. Um, it is just a, it is a little bit long, and I was uh, getting sleepy before it was over, so I wanted to, and I, so I need to even rewind it a couple, you know, ten minutes or so, um, just so I can kind of catch all of the little intricacies of it. Intricacies, Intric- is that the right word? Yep. <laughs> the little bits that they hide in there, the little like Easter. Oh, eggs, I love it I when they hide their little bits. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I i very much like that the i thought the scenery was great it is uh, um set at west point it is yes. and and i've uh been to west point i don't know if it was actually filmed there it seems like a probably some place that you really wouldn't want a lot of cameras um it being a military academy and all but um the the area where the the hanging happened mm-hmm. um like where they you can see the water off in the distance and the, the snow and all that stuff and it's just like 
having seen that area where the Hudson River is, and it's kind of a famous historical area because of the that's where the the big the Hudson River has a big like crook in it, and that's where the during the Revolutionary War that they chained it off. So it's it's pretty recognizable because um, it has a weird shape to it, and uh, you can see that kind of off in the distance, or at least something that looks like that. And so that I thought that was really really cool. Um, but it's, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. Um, even if you don't care about the history side of things or even the, like, I love when they do that kind of stuff where they'll have like a real, they'll take like a real life author and like make it like go back and make it like they were actually superheroes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like the League of Extraordinary and, Gentlemen, the movie sucked, but the book was good. And the, I mean, the movie has like a twofold mystery. I mean, because they've got, they've got a murdered cadet. But then even after the cadet is murdered, you know, somebody comes by, desecrates the body by cutting out his heart. Oh. And so Wait, then, so it's that's a separate thing from the murder? Yes. Like after they had after they had collected the body, somebody came by and cut the heart out. And so okay. then they're thinking Really, who hasn't know, done that though? What's that? <laughs> like, don't be critical. Who hasn't done that? Oh well like really. I mean Sure. <laughs> that's how you become a man yeah. um it is I feel, I feel on... like at one point omar's father has woken him up at three in the morning and <laughs> thrown him a, hun a hunting knife i'm really asking you not to give him ideas please <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you need, need to, to go that, consume somebody's <sighs> power you absorb their yeah. powers by eating their heart <laughs> being romanian is not easy anyway <laughs> so um but so Pale Blue Eye is actually based on a novel. It's completely fictional. It's a 2003 novel by uh, an American writer named Louis Bayard. So it's completely fictional. I, I, I would imagine that the use of, of Edgar Allan Poe is just kind of a literary device because it's spooky. And maybe it makes sense within the context of the novel. Um, I find that the West Point angle is interesting. I wonder if Edgar Allan Poe actually went to West Point, I mean, I know that he had like legitimate whatever issues. Um, what are legitimate? Interesting. Whatever. It sounds like a really good movie, huh? What are legitimate whatever issues? Well, he 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 had he definitely had like mental health issues. Poe was what um, was he? He was addicted to something. I believe opium. That's what it was. Opium. Yeah. Omar. Um, so he Omar. he. Uh, right, like most people. That's Omar fair. PM. <laughs> um, no, that sounds really good. It sounds like a great, great flick. I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm all game for it. <clears throat> Any spoilers you guys want to divulge? Like, on that? like you were all game for that book I told you to read. I, I, I am still. I that hasn't changed. To be, all right. <laughs> Two years Let's, later. Uh, what else is that here? I guess I can go again. We're like giving Omar all of the stuff to watch this week. Yeah, I'm gonna have a busy ass week this week. Have you guys uh, watched the menu? I did not. N no, but, you've, I'm seen, on the but fence. you've seen the poster, right? Yeah. So, like, That's I kept the one on getting Gordon it mixed. Ramsey, right? Uh, <laughs> sure. No. <laughs> With, with Anya Taylor Joy and her giant eyes. Um, That's America's literal kitchen nightmares, yes. or whatever that show was called. So the menu, I kept on getting the menu mixed up with the invitation for obvious reasons. Like, first of all, the the part, and then the fact that it was <laughs> in, involving invites to a place far away. And then I was like, no. So the menu, I believe I watched it on. I think it's on Apple TV, but it's free on one of the streamers right now. I just don't have it in front of me. Uh, it did come out in the theater on uh, on November 18th, but as I said, it's now streaming. Uh, I was interested about this, but I you know, they call it either dark comedy or satire or whatever, like a horror comedy. Like, it's one of those, but it's definitely one of those that the comedy is not like, haha. It's more like, oh. <laughs> um, and it is a satire of foodie culture. Um, it stars Ray, uh, Ray Fiennes as the main chef, Anya Tyler Joy as Margot, uh, Nicholas Holt. Do you know Nicholas Holt? He's the um, guy that played the Beast in the X Men movie. Oh like yeah, the yeah, yeah. More, okay. The more recent ones. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. 
um, uh, Hong Chow plays Elsa, who's like the kind of assistant at the restaurant. Janet McTeer, Paul Adelstein, and John Leguizamo, again, playing the John Leguizamo character I always hate. The over-the-top, like, asshole actor, the asshole pretentious type thing. Um, you know, like the has-to-be-the-loudest-in-the-room type character. Right. So, uh, basically, the story is a young couple travels to a remote island to eat in an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu menu with some shocking surprises. So it is a tasting menu, and they start off with, it's going to take six hours, and no cell phones, and all this stuff. And, of course, each... I was worried that it was going to be one of those things where, like, it was going to be like a cannibal-type movie where, like, someone in the... Someone at the restaurant is going to get eaten by the end of it. Like, I thought it was going to be something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I was thinking. Oh, well, then I'm not going to go see it. (laughs) (laughs) Rob likes cannibal porn, so that's cool. He does. He does. Rob, Rob, very... Actually, I think one of our very first top five lists ever was best cannibal movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, we're a good family-friendly podcast. Let's talk about (laughs) eating people. (laughs) Go to our website and find the best recipes. Uh, Now, anyway, so... So basically, the chef is you know world renowned, and he's does this tasting again. I'll try to avoid spoilers on this one because it, it's it's kind of better without it. Um, this guy Nicholas Holt, the guy that plays Beast, but he's he is like a total like kiss up, like suck up to this dude, and he's so over the top with it that like you can tell that the chef is starting to get annoyed with him throughout the thing. And he's also the one trying to sneak pictures and all this stuff. Uh, each, as I said, each meal that they come out and it'll be like, you know, this up first is this whatever. And like one of the meals is um, uh, a game bird that's been cooked a certain way. And they, of course, do the whole description and all that. And then they open up. They're supposed to take bits of the meat and put it in a tortilla. When they open up the tortilla, like burned into the tortilla is um, like photographs of – all of the terrible things that these people have done. So like, oh, it's like one of the people there is like cheating on his wife and he's sitting there and he opens it up and, and his wife is like shocked. He's like, Oh, this is a mistake. And like the guy that's a kiss up, actually they, I don't know how, I mean, this is obviously where it gets to be a little bit ridiculous. They show the pictures of him taking pictures of the food. This is actually not the first meal. It's like later on, but it's like little things like that. Um, it gets to it. Like at about ep- meal four, is when things get a little crazy. This guy comes out and he's like, this is my su- my sous chef. His name is Jeremy, which is funny for other reasons, but right. his name is Jeremy. Jeremy uh, is from Nebraska. He has wanted to do this for his entire life. He gave up everything for it. He's studied with me. He has you know, worked on me, whatever. And uh, he, and as they're doing this, like all of the people from the kitchen are like laying um, plastic, like hanging. It's like one of the open kitchens. So they hang plastic over the, opening and they put plastic on the ground they're like you know jeremy is jeremy's very good but he'll never be great he'll never be great because he wants to be me so on and so forth he's like so this is his meal that he's prepared it's called jeremy's mess and then like the dude takes a gun out of his own thing and shoots himself in the head and like everyone in the restaurant's like oh shit and they're like no 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 enjoy your meal (laughs) it's like oh shit so like okay that's what yeah no i so okay so this is a satire of foodie culture. It, it definitely is, but it, and it's also like you know, this it, it, they. Some of the things are very over the top, but it's it's very well done. Um, okay. So of course you know they try to leave, and it's very apparent that they can't leave. Um, they have to eat at that Jeremy's point. Mess. Yes, they don't eat. It's I mean Jeremy's mess is not him. Jeremy's mess is uh, is a braised beef uh, marrow bone that's whatever. So they're not actually eating him. But so. he did not speak English. He did not. He did not. <laughs> it's actually ironic that they use the name Jeremy because that's pretty much what that whole song is about. Right. Um, exactly. That yeah. might not even be uh, an accident. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I would think it. Okay. Would, I think it might be. But anyway, long story short, the, it goes through, and you. It turns out that the that um, the chef has obviously very much planned on who is allowed to be there. Because these are people that have been there before, been to this restaurant before, and it's kind of the big closing, obviously. So these um, people were deliberately picked. Yeah. And then he's like – he keeps on like talking to Anna Taylor-Joy. Margot is the main character, and he's like, why are – you're ruining my menu. You're, why are you here? 
so there's this is early in the movie, so it's not a big spoiler, but it turns out that um she is an escort that the the one guy paid to try to impress the chef, but the guy is aware of what was about to happen, where he was gonna like ruin like he was basically gonna kill all these people because they're all terrible people, and he still brought her there knowing that this person who's not a terrible person is gonna get caught up in all this bullshit. So that's kind of like where the, the the suspense portion of the movie comes in. Um, okay. It was one of those where I was really worried about watching it just because there were certain things I didn't feel like seeing at that time. But I started it, and as I was 10 minutes in, the way they were acting things and the way they were describing the food, it kept me going. It kept me really wanting to watch more. Um, so I actually really liked it. Um, and Anya Taylor-Joy is, is really, really good. Of course, from the what – what's the chess show? Uh, King – the Queen's Gambit? Queen's Gambit. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she's really good. So, like, just watching her act in general and and be, like, completely unimpressed with all the bullshit going around her is worth it right there. I don't know. I kind of have – satire to me is just another word for nonsense sometimes. I mean – I feel that way about avant-garde. I feel like – Okay, yeah, like satire is like one rung below <laughs> avant-garde. Like, like it, oh, it's so deep. No, it's just bullshit. Correct. It's, I feel like that a lot. Is that would you? Where would you say this falls, Greg? Like, is it bullshit I, or is it like a worthwhile thing? To I think like... it's worthwhile. It's not. Uh, it's not over. It's. I've seen enough things on the Food Channel and like talk to enough people that are foodies that that's like, you know, we, we make our pie out of this certain fruit from the certain plant. And then we chop down the plant afterwards. So no one else can enjoy it. It's like, <laughs> like <it> right? really <laughs> like, like, just like not, that's like made up one, but like I've right, right. read enough books from like foodies that it's like, yeah, that's it's an okay. allegory right. for the dystopian class divide. No, it's not. It's just, it's yeah. just, it's just apple it's, pie. It's like just it's fine. It's just a rib roast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's, like okay. you, re- the only thing that is ridiculousness is like, very clearly they know so much stuff about these people, and there's no possible way that a lot of these, uh, a lot of these things would ever be known by anybody. Like. The John Leguizamo character, for example, is pretty much a fraud. He's an actor, but he's kind of a fraud. And then his girlfriend is basically just there to steal money from him. So they're both kind of – they're both terrible people in their own way, and, like, there's no real way that they would know that. You know, the the chef – it's not like the chef is, like, breaking into people's, like, accounts and things. So in that case, it is over the top, but um, – Do they say, like, I, I get that they're – these people are there because they're bad people, but, like, what's the motivation? Do they get into, like, why – why are they doing this to these bad people? Uh, just to teach them a lesson to like, uh, the chef is pretty much over it. Oh, it's okay. Does that make I'll sense? The, the one movie it reminds me of at least one major part of it. It reminds me a lot of Ratatouille. Hmm. Okay. Oh, because there, because there is a moment that's <laughs> very, that's very much like the, the food critic that is just like hateful and angry all the time. And then he's reminded of something from his past. Oh, that's that, funny. That gives him joy. And it's okay. like kind of like he's just in this joyless thing, and he's like, you know what? It's no longer about the food and all this stuff. So, so like, that's that's kind of the big, like, that's I guess funny. it's kind of a, a semi-twist. But it's it's really okay. good. Uh, she, and I, as I said, she's great. Like, and she's so sarcastic with the guy that brought her, because he's, like, trying to be like, oh, wow, this food, you know, when you eat it, this food, it has such great mouthfeel. And she's like... Just don't say mouthfeel. He's like, well, it does have mouthfeel. You just don't fucking say mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> it's I, if you're looking for something that's kind of like just interesting and different. I I liked it. Okay. And I had this some of the same like concerns going. All right, fair enough. But it was we well talked done. about. And Ray Fiennes is awesome. So I mean, yeah, he's he's exactly he's great. Who you want to be in there? All right. How about, oh, the guy uh, okay. directed it. The guy directed it, by the way, Mark Mylod. He directed some of Game of Thrones. He's one of the main directors on Succession. Game of Thrones. And she, yeah, I burped when I said Game of Thrones. Ironically, is that the porn version? 
Yes, Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we need to write that series. <laughs> yeah, we do. Conquering the Kingdom. Totally different show. Actually, not yeah. that different than the original show. If you, know, if you <laughs> ah, really fair pay point. attention. <laughs> uh, Secession and Shameless, so he's he's got some pretty good stuff under his. Uh, oh, those are all great. Okay. Okay. Uh, How about some sure. What yeah, that I've not heard of. What is this? No. Kaleidoscope is a a uh, basically a mini limited limited uh, series about a heist. Uh, it was released on January first of twenty twenty three. It's on Netflix. It does star Giancarlo Esposito. Love him. Uh, Rufus Swell. Taz Vega, Rosaline Elbay, Jai Courtney, Tati Gabrielle, Peter Mark Kendall, Neosha Noor, and Hemaki Madera. Or Hemki Madera. And I guess this spans 24 years and it centers around the largest heist ever attempted. And the scheming and the vengeance and betrayals that, that came with it. It's apparently loosely inspired by a real life story where $70 billion in bonds went missing in downtown Manhattan during Hurricane Sandy. Holy shit. Yeah. So, it's a... I mean, solid story. Now, there was... I'll address this real quick. There was a gimmick that they did that apparently it's a big deal because... Everybody watches Kaleidoscope in a different order because when you tell it to play, it plays them. It plays all the episodes in a random order. I don't know why this is the thing. I know that it's been done before. I don't remember what show it was. Do you? Do you? Do either of you happen to remember? There was a show probably a couple of years ago now where you played the episodes, but they just played randomly in any order, and that was like this big deal. Didn't they do something like that with Bandersnatch? The black, the black, um, black yeah, mirror movie. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. So I have no idea why it's a big deal because I don't know how rearranging these episodes makes it. As long as you watch the reveal episode last, I don't know how watching them in in a different order makes it. Just seems un- it's just a gimmick. Yeah, it's, it, that's essentially what I thought. It was a gimmick. Um. But I mean, the story itself is is a it's a solid story. It's engrossing. Um, the the there there's definitely a bit of backstabbing, so I don't want to ruin any of that for you. Um, but I will say that the ending was thoroughly unfulfilling. I mean, I know it's based on a true story. I don't know if that's they, what she said. Yeah. I don't I don't know if they ever found out who did the actual heist in Manhattan or how it turned out but it the ending is kind of a downer. And I'm like I I mean I I really kind of wanted more of a happy ending. Um I mean fairly early on the the main character Giancarlo Esposito's character is diagnosed with Parkinson's and you just watch him deteriorate as time goes on. Um, you know, there's it, the backstabbing results in a lot of deaths and it doesn't really seem like anybody kind of got what they wanted from that. Um, even, yeah, yeah, even the backstabber didn't really get it. Yeah. It's just the, the ending is rather unfulfilling. The, this, the, the journey there, a lot of fun. Very good, very interesting story. A lot of intrigue. Just, just, and of course with, I mean, Giancarlo. But, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. And, uh, and what was her name? Paz, uh, Paz Vega. He's, she's Paz very Vega. good as well as, uh, Ava Mercer. But the, I mean, watching them plan, I, I, I do enjoy a good heist movie. Um, you know, watching them plan it all out and then executing the heist and everything. Ultimately, it left me a little flat, though. Um, this isn't... I, I mean, I liked it, but this this probably isn't something that I would watch again. But, I mean, for the time spent that I spent to watch it, it was, you know, it was worth it for the for the first viewing. But, yeah, I, I definitely... 
glowing mm-hmm. recommendation? Uh, Real. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that I've liked <laughs> and won't watch again. But yeah. um, it sucks that it all builds up to that one. Regardless of what you do, it all builds up to something that is not satisfying. Is that is there, there's one more thing left? Maybe. There is. Am I again the only person who saw it? Glass Onion? No, I saw it. Oh, good. Let's do Loved it. Glass Onion. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead. Glass Onion was released on December 23rd, so right before Christmas. It is directed by Ryan Johnson. I believe Ryan Johnson was the same guy who, who directed the first one, yes? Directed and wrote and also directed the second of the most recent Star Wars movies. Oh. The one that, like, people had a problem with. Yeah, the the one where they tried to change the story. It was like the directors weren't talking. Um, stars Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Dave Bautista, Jessica Henwick, and Madeline Klein. And basically the story is about five five lifelong friends who... Who are or or well not lifelong. I mean they've known each other for a long time, but uh they're invited to billionaire Miles Braun's private island and they all know him from way back and they owe their current wealth their current wealth, fame, and careers to him. Um the weekend is supposed to feature a murder mystery game where Braun is the victim, uh and that's uh, Edward Norton's character. And and in reality they all have reasons and it turns into an actual murder mystery, and Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig, the world's greatest detective, is there to help unravel. Now, I I still love the character of Benoit Blanc. I mean, I love these detective stories. They're a lot of fun. Uh, this one, the the whodunit aspect of this film it, is is another winner. I mean, I, I enjoyed this. Um, there's some unexpected twists, you know, clever plot designs, and, and just an absurdly wonderful southern accent by Dan. Um, he's really good at it. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, the the movie's fun. I mean, this is one that you can watch with a family. Uh, I watched it over over. Uh, oh, I was going to say Christmas break, but it wasn't really break. You know, I I went to my mom's for Christmas, and we you know we kind of watched it all as a family. It was it was a good time. Everybody enjoyed it. I love the kind of opening where where Benoit Blanc is like trying to solve it. Like he's doing that like game where he's solving a crime, and like you can see he's, it's on Zoom, right? Yeah, like, where you see all these other people. He's like sitting in the tub. Yeah, and I think on Zoom it's like Agatha, it's Agatha Christie or something like that. Like I forget who was all on in there. Uh, so I was very excited about this. Um, I did not see Knives Out in the theater, but you guys raved about it. Uh, you and Jimmy raved about it. Um, so when it finally came out for the when it was out for streaming, but you had to like pay like an ungodly amount of money to rent it, like twenty five bucks to rent it or whatever. Um, I did that. So no, I, I bought it for twenty five bucks or something, which is fun. But and you guys are right. So I really enjoyed Knives Out. So I was really excited about this, and we covered on the show. We talked about all the people that were in it, and it was like. Listing all, not only was it just a lot of big names, there's a lot of people that didn't really like relate to each other. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That you like wouldn't put like Batista in the same thing as you know with um, Edward Norton. Yeah, right. Um, I didn't realize Leslie Odom Jr. was in that. That was Leslie Odom Jr. He's uh, he was the original uh, uh, what's his face from Hamilton, uh, Aaron Burr. He played Aaron. Oh, Burr. interesting. Um, and uh, he's definitely one of those that uh, someone spilled water near him when he was about when he was doing a, a read, and he had a fucking shit fit <laughs> because someone had the audacity to bump into some water. Anyway, Wait, for real? Yeah, a friend of mine. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, I think some of the things that are really funny about this, um, all all of the people are great, and they're really well cast. Um, Catherine Hahn is great always, in like. Her character is, is awesome. Kate Hudson is like is perfect. Yeah, in this and really perfect in everything, like in life. <laughs> I do love. Um, 
yeah, um, and Dave Bautista. But like some of the things that are funny is like this movie was written and filmed a long time ago. It just so happened that it came out when there was a bunch of stuff in real life that sort of mimicked it. Like um, Edward Norton's character, Miles Braun, who is the guy said he did not write the Ryan Johnson did not write this as being Elon Musk. But, like, there's certain things that when it, like, comes down through the whole thing where, like, you find out that he wasn't really behind certain things. He just happened to have the money to, like, fund it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, it's one of the one of those things where Elon Musk was, like, uh, he didn't really get pissed off about it. I don't want to spread anything. But, like, people were, like, pissed off. Like, oh, this movie's all about him. And it's, like, no, just coincidence. And you're kind of showing your hand by saying that. Yeah. <laughs> we think it's all about him. It's, like, it's, like. None of this stuff happened. You know, it takes three years to write, produce, make a movie. It's, none of this stuff is right. Um, stuff like that, and then like the Dave Bautista character is like all about being like a, a, a chauvinist, uh, um, influencer kind of thing. And then like right at the same time, the movie comes out, the that like well-known chauvinist influencer kickboxer guy gets arrested. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's like wow, that that douchebag. Yeah. Didn't get arrested for being a chauvinist. He got arrested for allegedly human trafficking. having having uh, a yeah human trafficking in, in Romania. Actually, mm. yes. Don't get me started. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you have to really have pissed off the Romanian police to to get that arrested. <laughs> to get <that> arrested. <laughs> to get, <laughs> to get like, for them to notice you, you got to do something. Well, when you have that much money, uh, yeah, when you have like that much money over there, it's it, it, in. In some countries, it is very easy to not get arrested for certain things. For sure. Um, oh, oh, you've been there. I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've read a lot of books. <laughs> I am. I am partially from there. I just never, you know, just that's like true. Six generations ago, we could be related. That makes that makes our love tris all the better. <laughs> I was just going to say something ridiculous like that. <laughs> you complete me. <laughs> um, uh, Janelle Monet is really good too. I don't know. I'm just naming actors and it's all the stuff. They're good. Um, it's one of those movies where there's like a there is a crime, there is a ridiculous setup, and people act awkwardly and weirdly just enough to where you think that everyone is guilty, and it's just kind of fun deciphering it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I figured this one out. I I don't think I was really trying to. Cause, um. Um. I don't know that I was either. I was just kind of enjoying the ride. Uh, yeah, it was kind of the same thing. It's one of those that... I There were definitely a couple of things that I caught, and I was like, no, 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 that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Like, the, the drink in particular. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I really like the sequence of the... Like, where the, where the one person was hiding behind the statue and, like, hearing the different conversations. Okay. Um... Uh, that whole sequence was funny. Well, there's like a, like a sex scene going on through a window, and yep. like so maybe it's not good for the whole family. Well, I mean, my family didn't have any any young children. Gosh, yeah. Um, but um, but, but the uh, the um, I I my train of thought. Not it's uh, just one last thing like for me at least um we don't do a podcast for a living um if you want to join our patron we could eventually if enough of you guys decide to do it we can do that so a lot of times when i have to watch stuff i have to do other things while watching it and this when i put this on i was um kind of doing like a deep clean on my kitchen yeah. um and so you know how my house <laughs> is i can actually i can see the tv from my kitchen um this is a, a really good kitchen. Well, there's like this is there's a really this is a really good movie to watch if you don't necessarily have to be staring at the screen the whole time. I mean, I could, but like you can look away from it because all of the actors are, have such defined voices and characterizations that you know exactly what's happening. Like I could, I would guess that I could take this movie and just pull the audio out of it and put it as a podcast, and I could still understand what's happening huh, because it okay. just. It like the you know who's talking, you know where the, the way the characters are defined from the very beginning. Like yeah, even and and even like the you kind of knew the characters. Like they there's a whole thing with masks at the beginning because remember this was sort of started filming during the pandemic. So they they all start off wearing masks for the most part, and then they give them this like futuristic uh, like spray. spray that's supposed to like keep them healthy. But 
you can Thanks, look Elon. at yeah you can look at the um and like even that's like part of the joke because you for example like kate hudson is supposed to be the like i guess what debutante rich girl i don't know whatever she's actress. supposed to be yeah, she's supposed to be the actress, and so she's, of course, wearing the mask that's see-through. She's the, like, well, I'm wearing a mask, aren't I, type person. And, like, you get you get their personalities just from that. It's not making some grand stance. It's just, like, you now – you can see that person, hear them say a couple words, see the fact that she's that person wearing the, the mask made out of, like, lingerie, and be like, okay, that's who this person is. And, and of course, the, the person that's, you know, keeps wearing the mask throughout even after they get the thing or the person that, like – you know, isn't wearing a mask to begin with. Like you already know their personalities. And that's one of the genius is of these movies that the director and writer, Ryan Johnson is able to like tell you who the characters are without telling you who the characters are. And I love that. So, um, okay. this is They're something like that I will actually watch again. Yes. And, and I will. The, it, it is, it is super enjoyable. and It is a lot of fun. Um, even once you know, you know, the twist and how it's, how it's gonna end it's it's still it's still an enjoyable ride do they explain the title glass onion yes yes okay it's All just right. a, it's a cool title too it is a cool title i like the All idea right. of the glass onion it's actually from something right they say what it's from isn't it from a book um no it's, it's not, it, i know that but like the name he got the name uh, I think it's from like maybe it's a song. Like he named the building after, um, it's a Beatles. It's from a Beatles song. It's from a. It's from Strawberry Fields Forever. Oh, really? I don't or know why, from, but I thought he just named it that because of the appearance. Um, it's, oh no, sorry, it's not. It's it's a song by the Beatles. Um, Glass Onion is a song by the Beatles from the 1968 double album, The White Album. It's written by John Lennon and McCartney and Lennon and McCartney. Oh. Interesting. So that's the that's where the reference came from that he named the building after. And then there's of course more to it, which I won't say. I think that's it. We did it. Okay. We did it. We made it. Yeah. yeah. There's no top five this week because we reviewed a lot of stuff and as I said before, uh we uh did like thirty top fives that you can find just going one episode before this one. We did like there were yeah. so many top fives. There was so many. To- there was like and a Alex top five list of good. top five lists. There, there was even ah. an Omar top eight. Well, that's we should do a top five of Alex. To- Alex top five best lists. Yeah, I think that might work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's going to totally get a restraining order against Omar. And if he hasn't yet, I'm going to well, implore him to. <laughs> with his career, he can do it easily. It's true. He's fine. No big deal. I and you know what? I'd be honored. So, uh, for uh, Rob, uh, I guess, Omar, do you have the contact information? Yeah. So if you uh, enjoyed what you heard, and I don't know why you would, but you can like and subscribe and review and say great things about us, except for Greg. You can go to gimme5podcast.com, F-I-V-E. Don't put the number five because then you'll end up in, in Rob's porn site. Um, you can yeah. find us on Facebook. <laughs> I think you did that on purpose, Rob. Um, Facebook, you can search Give Me Five Podcast. You can do Give Me Five Pod at Twitter. Uh, tell Elon Instagram. I said hi. Tell Elon, yeah. Have you been Twittering since Elon kind of took over? Uh, not, on, not on purpose. I didn't Twitter before Elon took over. Yeah, I haven't Not on purpose, in... but you can't, like, look at any sports or anything, like, information without, like, it'll be like, you know, so-and-so is involved in a trade, and you click on it, it opens up a freaking Twitter page. So, like, I don't specifically go there, but... Very okay. frequently, ble- Bleacher Report brings me there. Rob, do you even have a Twitter account? I do. Oh, oh, he does. He yeah. just doesn't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair it's enough. where all of Greg's Rob. photographs of me go. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave us a review on iTunes. Robsbuttholepics.com. Greg, only you want. I don't know. I pose. <laughs> Rob's butthole. Oh, that's so gross. Oh, my God. <laughs> um... <laughs> You could go to like the iTunes. You can go to iTunes and then leave, leave us a review. Um, and it can start with like, here are the top five reasons I love the Give Me Five podcast. And then you just fill in whatever reasons you love it. Um, y- you can um, go to give me five podcast dot threadless dot com. 
and get all kinds of really, 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 really cool Gimme 5 pod swag, yeah, like perhaps for your phone. Well, yeah, but there's some. There's already pretty solid stuff. Or like I like Rob, the one with the G.I. Joe logo. Butthole Picks t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Please no. <That'd> be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm make that now. Yeah, did I miss anything? Did I forget anything? I think I got it all. I think we're good. All of our info. Well, that's going to do it for tonight, guys. Thanks for listening. And like I always say, (laughs) a journey of a thousand miles begins faking your death and framing your name. (laughs) 